happy, Eve. happy, 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 yeah. happy anniversary. Oh, dead start. Didn't realise Dean had a singing voice, but no, another did I actually. Anyway. At least it was just the two of us, and we didn't have a guest. I, I know. God, how embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, so yes. I know we've talked for an hour and a half, but this starts again, please. <laughs> Can we do it all over again? You're really sweet. So busy. I, I, I wish I could see you because it's, it's just I, I like the I like the energy. Do you know what I mean? It's very oh, natural and stuff. You. So oh, I love all so that. Thank <laughs> you so much. If we had a camera set up, you would actually see us. I will look at Sarah, and Sarah looks at me, and we will gesture <laughs> to each other, say, "I'm going to talk now." <laughs> yeah, you know, I, th- I want I want a hundred thousand school leavers and a hundred thousand university leavers to be coming out of of school or college or, or university every year, going. I want to work in the fresh produce industry. In essence, what we need, we need the government to enact some areas where we can't do as an industry or an individual business. So one of the short-term requests is actually to allow us to source labour. We can't source that locally, even though we're continually criticised by government for not doing so. It doesn't exist for a range of reasons. However, what we can do, I would hope, is, is with government support, encourage Labour to work in our industry for the coming months while we find new solutions. This isn't going to happen. These issues aren't going to be resolved overnight. So we do need government policy decisions to be fundamental to help us and the government feed the nation. It would be perfect if, uh, if a farmer in his tractor in the middle of his land is able to stream his content on, on his mobile phone and receive that content over 5G, and he can do so seamlessly. And I think if that farmer achieves that, then we've achieved ubiquitous connectivity. Yeah, and I think even more important than that, I mean, it's, it's, it's streaming's one thing, but today with, with the supply chain shortages, I mean, we, we really are facing a crisis. To have, to have agritech really come to the fore and to have technology play a part in innovation in making sure that the supply chains keep moving is, is so important. I think um, that, like, the overall big goal is a full digital marketplace. So whether you've been in the industry for, like us, 132 years uh, in our family background or... Well, you're looking good for that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or you're thinking about entering the industry. There is this platform that gives you all of the information and all of the access to anything and everything you need in order to be an effective grower, importer, wholesaler, retailer or food service. But you're then operating optimally. Today's graduates... They're born into a world of technology. Everything has has a technology solution and and an innovation to sort of work towards to change things. So a lot of it is down to education and actually showcasing what the industry can offer these wonderful young people with these great ideas. If the government would commit with a strategic plan for the sector and believe in the fact that the UK can and should produce some of the best food in the world and that it can do that in a low carbon way and in an efficient way then i think we'd be going somewhere what we need is we need that commitment from government to work with us and it's no good just having a commitment for a year or two this is a five ten year and more type of transition process i think you're looking for an argument i'm not looking for an argument but I do disagree that there isn't anything exciting happening, although it's been around for a while. I think 
we're looking at a real rise in the use of digital twins yes. to, to help us in so many respects. Now, virtualization perhaps came into its own during the pandemic. We had, we had to be more virtual. We had to meet more virtually. We couldn't, yeah. we could, that we couldn't physical physically, contact yeah, we was gone. And I think that's part of the way, that's part of the philosophy behind the, the growth and the evolution of, of working things through digital representations. A representation of a physical asset in software. Actually, do you know, I'd like to know what artificial intelligence is for Ericsson. I mean, for us, artificial intelligence is something that is quite at the heart of everything we do, I would say. Mm. So the way we look at it is this extremely powerful tool that allows to transform the way we design our products, the way our products perform, and then the way we manage and optimize networks. The way I look at mobile technologies and the killer app of a mobile technology is that we never know. You know, I... <laughs> I I finished my, my studies in, in 2007, so it was at the moment where LTE was starting. Yeah. And everybody was like, wow, the killer application of LTE will be video calling. Yeah. And it didn't really materialize. Yeah. At least not until we had a pandemia. No, exactly. The, the pandemic. The behavior. And then now you start asking <laughs> for video calling. Why? Because we were all like video calling each other through the Zoom how depressed they're with a drink and they don't let me know. <laughs> and you guys are laughing, but I think you were in the UK, right? So there it wasn't as hard as in Spain where we couldn't go out to the street in, in, in months, right? We but were we were raising glasses outside our window to our neighbors, <laughs> I remember. There, there's actually a whole new trend of, of innovation you see because mm. for, for developers or people that have ideas for startups, the fact that, that I now have a, a, a private 5G platform supported by an operator at a grocery store wow, running yeah. AWS. I mean, I know how to, many people know how to develop an application on a cloud platform, right? So now instead of that, that mobile app that, that you're normally creating, you can create a, an inventory app for a, a grocery store, leveraging that, that common cloud infrastructure technology that you're familiar with. So there's a, there, there's a lot of new innovation on the horizon. When I come across a hotel that's got a system whereby I can check in online, I can download an electronic key to my phone. It means that I can literally, in the taxi on the way to the hotel or, or earlier on the day, I can, you know, check in and download the key and I can walk straight through the hotel up to my room, tap the phone on the door, open it and, and then there I am, I'm ready to go and I can oh, you know, fantastic. check my emails, get ready for dinner, whatever it is I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, so when I came across a hotel a couple of weeks ago that did this, I thought, fabulous, excellent. <laughs> in fact, it's, it's, it's a kind of a, a way I choose hotels now if they've got this technology. Yeah. However, there was a yeah. spectacular fail. Yeah, because <laughs> I Because I checked in online, I downloaded the key, I got into the lift, or elevator for our for American cousins. Yep. Um, and guess what? You can't operate the lift until unless you've got a key card. No. <laughs> exactly. So I had to get out of the lift, um, go to reception, stand in the same darn queue again, um, oh. just to get a key so I could operate the lift to get to my room. And then when I get to my room, sure, I can use the app on the phone to open the door. Fabulous. That's great. It means that maybe I don't have to take the key all the time. Or of course, I've got to get back to my room next time. 
And I get in there and I can't turn the electrics on. Why? Because oh you need a physical gosh. key to stick in the little slot to turn oh, the electrics epic on. Epic fail. Epic fail. In With your data security policies and software, uh, do you have different levels of security? So uh, presumably, for example, like a government agency uh, well, and, and its agencies, of course, maybe require the highest level of security, whereas, say, Joe Bloggs down the road running his plumbing service. Well, I don't see why we shouldn't all get the same. Well, I know, but it'll be done on pay. It'll be pay per security or pay per... Do you per, think? Uh, I've got, well, I, maybe, do, uh, Paul, I think maybe tell Paul, us. Yeah, Paul could tell well, us. I think, I think you're both right, because I think, uh, you know, Sarah, we definitely need the same level of security. But I think to Dean's point as well, the, you know, different people are going to pay for different levels of security. And also, a lot of it depends, and it's very much like insurance. And with insurance, you basically uh, make sure you protect what you can't afford to lose, right? Mm-hmm. So with security, you know, if you're you know running a you know um, a flower shop or something, it's probably it might not be as critical um, certain pieces of it versus like uh, say the U.S. Senate, uh, yeah. for example, where there's top secret classified material which does not exist in the flower shop. Right. So there's different data and different requirements based on the data. So, again, with zero trust, you define what that data is and then you basically put in the protections and make sure that only the right people have uh, access to that data. And if the data has stratification of levels, you make sure that only the right people can get into the, say, the top secret versus the, the, the regular material. Right. It's like having a public website and having customer data. There's different requirements out there depending on what you're trying to protect narrative matters it kind of frames everything you know and you can have a lot of assumptions that create from 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 that and in the ai narrative you're absolutely right a, a lot of stories particularly prior to covid actually because i do think that's had in one way a positive impact in terms of the narrative around ai um but the language is very kind of kind of sci-fi orientated isn't it yeah. it's very much around that and a lot of the stories have been you've you got a great voice for that dean honestly that was brilliant you could be on you, you could you could be a voiceover on that that was brilliant through digital twin technology, could we dive deep into what's really happening in the brain that causes depression? Because mental health isn't talked about enough. It's still a stigma for so many people. People just don't want to talk about it. So I'd like to lift the lid on that through digital twin research. But that is such a complex situation. It, it is enormous. But to apply that across the digital twin, to understand more about depression and how it works well oh my god you can have you you have the the variables are enormous and and the actual situations are just uh, the the thousands and thousands of scenarios here we can play with Mm. to understand what depression is and and i just i i personally find that absolutely utterly fascinating to actually play with a model a digital model that you can well for intensive purposes, abuse to understand more about how things work, yeah. especially in the brain. Yeah. But of course, I take Mr. Musk very seriously. Yeah, of course we use it. Came yeah. on. I would say, yeah. on, Elon. Game on. Oh, game on, game on. So oh. you, th- you, you think the digital twin I, will... I think it's going from strength to strength, and I think the possibilities are endless, as I call it, imitation without limitation. Limitation, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I like that. Listen out for season three of Tech Uncorked, coming soon. Check. Have you pressed that record button? I pressed the record button. Are you sure? I'm sure.